All right, welcome back, Lake Effect Sports. Let's see if I can do an intro this time. Feel like <laughs> I can. We're talking Indians today. That's about it. Nothing else has really happened in Cleveland sports, so that's all we can really get into. So, Matt, Indians thoughts. Come at me with them. Indians thoughts. Well, this weekend and the one game against the White Sox, kind of a bummer. They probably should have been, had two wins. They probably should, but Right now they have one out of three, so that was kind of bad. Just a goofy week in general that, like, just <sighs> kind of was a bummer. But at the end of the day, they're still at 500. They're above the Twins right now. They're right there with the White Sox. So not not terrible when you think about it. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's, like, where it's, it's tough to be mad because we're keeping pace with everyone, and some guys are doing well. But I think the game we really have to talk to talk about in the one that's bugged me the most was game two against the Reds mm -hmm. games going well. It feels all but wrapped up. Clauses gets the first two batters out. Naylor makes nice plays on those. Bill Buckner. Oh God. Had the game up and come back and win. That game just kind of felt like a huge letdown. I'm really glad that it didn't, I guess, hold us back because we continued to play well after that, but that game really hurt because it felt like it was just one already. Ground ball, touch the base, it's over. And Klasse, once again, like we complained about last week, can't get any defense when he's pitching for some reason. Yeah, this has been going on for about a week and a half of just random boneheaded, like, fielding mistakes, like Yu Chang with the throwing air, uh, J Josh Naylor with what happened, and Andres Jimenez, the ball just eats him up, and then it just causes an unnecessary base runner to be on first. It's like... For some odd reason, he just has not had the fielding behind him. And it's just at the worst times because he's the closer. And the thing is, it's not like the defense has been bad this year. I don't think it's really been great. There hasn't been any plays where I was like, wow, that was that was unreal. But they've just been pretty consistent day in, day out, except when Glossy comes on the mound. Yeah, That's what's like, so weird about it. Yeah, it's just so random because, like, like they're they're you they're more routine plays. Like Andres was a routine ground ball. Uh, Josh Naylor routine ground ball to first, and then just like a routine throw. Like it's just the most random thing that just keeps biting this team like in the butt, and it's just annoying more than just like anything. Yeah, it's definitely just it's it's frustrating. And Naylor made another play with uh, Quasa. He had a fly ball to right field. He missed it. And then it hit off the net, which he thought was out. So did I. So I'm not going to really yeah for that one. But then that caused a run, too. So it's like, what? I don't know. That's that's definitely my biggest complaint this week. And Zach Plesak, again. Zach Plesak's another complaint. This was a guy we were feeling pretty confident about, too, so far. But I'm not too worried about him, essentially, because, like, I would think he's going to be able to bounce back from this, like, you don't you you don't face one team twice in a week's time like like Plesak did, and it's hard to bounce back when a, a team kind of knows your tendencies already from facing you a week later. Yeah, and that was the it was weird, and I'm I'm not judging him too hard on it either because he just faced the team that crushed him, has continually crushed him, faced him again, and got crushed again. So maybe it's just the White Sox, and he looked at least better in the second start against them not great yeah. or anything but at least kind of competent unlike the first start um but besides that i think 
those are the big things that happened this week. Anything else you want to touch on? Um, I would think, what do you think about Jordan uh, Luplo maybe getting every day at bats? I love it. At this point, why not? I like playing him and Ahmed Rosario basically every day with other guys just rotating in occasionally. A guy I would like to see get less every day at bats or, well, platooning at bats would be Jake Bowers. I'd like to see now Naylor and Yu Chang kind of just fully take over first base, make them comfortable there. Yeah. Because I'm just tired of watching Jake Bowers go up there and strike out. And at bats are really pathetic. And that's the worst part. Sometimes you know a guy's in a slump, but they're battling up there. Jake Bowers is watching fastballs down the middle and can't hit anything near the strike zone. So I don't see why we're still throwing him out there. Yeah, he's just the epitome of being lost. <laughs> like He's just – he has no idea what he's doing up there. Like, he, it just seems like he's, like, in the ocean – just paddling, trying to keep himself above float without like a, a raft or anything to keep him above. And he's just drowning himself, essentially. That's what it just feels like. Yeah. And I think the most frustrating part for me about Jake Bowers is that we traded Yandy Diaz for him. Yeah. <laughs> that, that trade makes no sense then. And it still doesn't make any sense now. Yandy Diaz was a guy who was like inches away from being a superstar. And we gave him away for nothing. And I know he didn't really have a position because they wanted to start making Jose the everyday third baseman, but you had to find somewhere to play him. And I'm just disappointed we couldn't find that with him. Yeah, the Yandy Diaz thing, he was in a tough spot because his primary position was third base. Jose Jose was in the way. And at the time, I think like Yonder Alonso was in his way at first if they wanted to put him there. Maybe they could have waited a year and maybe put him that first half because I mean, Yonder Alonso's contract was not that big and they traded him a year later. So like, like it just was like, yeah, I don't, that, that, that one backfired. Like that one still sticks. Like it is bad. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know, it's also bad. Uh, Who's the catcher we uh, traded to the Padres. Well, he's also on the raise now with Yandy Diaz and he's going off as well too, who I didn't think he would be, decent at all that one i'm not as mad about because he was bouncing around for a while and it just the rays have a tendency of picking up everybody's like misfit toys and making the most out of them like like jesus aguilar was there for a while then he got kicked over to the marlins they just always have a tendency of getting guys like that and they make them work yeah then pitchers especially they find guys and just save their careers it basically seems but yeah that's who they are. And that that's one I'm not mad about. Cause like he had kind of a, like, I think Tito wanted him to take some reps out in, in the outfield. And he yeah. basically flat out said no. And that kind of ended that relationship and basically sent him, sent him out to San Diego. And I, it's hard to be mad at Mejia with that because he's a pretty decent catcher. So he's like, why would I go play outfield? I've never played there before. I've been a catcher my whole life, and I'm pretty good at it. So why would I change positions? You just trade me. Yeah, well, that, that, that's it's just one of those things. Like, he, at the time we needed an outfield bat, him with him it made sense. But like, yeah, I get it. It, it is what it is with him. Yandi's more more the one that I get mad about, just because there was an opportunity there and they just didn't take take advantage. Like. Yeah, I get that. 
Uh, all right. So before we get into our like the Yankees preview, I think we got to do our three stars of the week. All right. Um, I think first is obvious. It's Shane Bieber once again. He's the entire star of this team. And I think every week he might just always be the first pick. He's the si- potential Cy Young. I think he's the, maybe the best pitcher in baseball besides Jacob deGrom, who's also putting up unreal numbers. Luckily, he's in the NL. Mm-hmm. But what more do you have to say about Shane Bieber? He faced a good Reds lineup and looked great once again. And actually, I take that back. He wasn't even playing his best and is still that good. That's the difference between him and most players in baseball right now. Yeah, his when he's slightly off, he's still better than most pitchers. Like, like with the way his stuff works and how he's always able to keep hitters on their toes, they they can never get a good idea of what he's throwing up there. And it, like, that's why he's always giving you seven, eight, nine innings at the and on pace to potentially get the three hundred strikeouts. That's just who he is. Like, he's a dominant ace and probably top ten in the league right now. But not top five or top three, depending on who you talk to. I think at this point, top three isn't like something that you can say and get yelled at for now. He's just that good. Yeah, he's like he's more than proved that that Cy Young last year was not a fluke. Or as some people call it, the Mickey Mouse Cy Young because it was only 60 games. No, he's more than proved it now. Yeah, Oh, without a doubt. All right. Who's your first one off the board? Um... I'm going to say Jordan Luplo, and, and here's why. Uh, Jordan Luplo has started to prove that he can be more of an everyday player. Like, I feel like he has shown hints of it, but because of how he has always crushed lefties, he had kind of made his own role. But now that since he's starting to be given more opportunities, he has now two home runs against righties. He could have been three if that replay review did it correctly yeah. that would so he would have had six instead of five but now he's starting to be an everyday player and he's becoming kind of like his story's turning into kind of like Lonnie Chisenhalls in a way like Lonnie was kind of like a like he always faced righties but he struggled against lefties and then one year he kind of just put it all together and I kind of see that reality for him now yeah before we get on I, I just gotta ask you so are you a Lonnie Chisenhall guy Oh, I was always a Lonnie baseball guy. Oh, thank you. Oh, my goodness. I always get so much hate for that. I am, like, the number one Lonnie Chisinau fan in the world. I have a Lonnie Chisinau jersey. I love him so much. So, this is just this just made my day. That's all I needed to say. Nothing more than that. Nothing to add about Luplo. He's been great. I mean, you kind of summed it all up. He's hitting lefties. He's hitting righties. We talked how he needs to start playing every day. He's an easy number one pick. But any chance to bring up Lonnie Chisholm, I will. If he, I would give him my calf if I could. Yep. Anything, anytime Lonnie Chisholm gets brought up, I always smile because that dude, I was always a big fan of his. And every time, like, like he would struggle early on, I would say, he's got, he's got it. Don't worry. He's got it. And he proved it to me. That's why I've always jumped on the loophole bandwagon because he always reminded me of it. Yeah. Okay. So my number two, I'm going to go. As great as Klaus has been, I don't think Karen Chak's been getting the respect he deserves this year. Oh. The- he's been pretty darn phenomenal. He hasn't given up a run this year, and he's just looked great doing it, too. He hasn't really had a lot of those innings like he has in the past where you're like, oh, no. 
Here we go again. He's got it this year. I think he's really figured it out. And now he's also an elite reliever to go along with Klasse. So that's an easy number two pick for me. Yeah, the amount of disrespect that he got from Indians fans was kind of baffling to me because we saw last year what he could do when he's on. And now that he's starting to have more control, he's unhittable. So, so yeah, definitely a great pick. All right. Who you got? Um, you know what? I'm going to go with Berto. Okay. But that uh, one home run against Cincy in, on Sunday was definitely huge. Like, it helped out so much. Yeah. And definitely that, that's a huge moment. And he's kind of done that this year where he's stepped up in those big moments and gotten us those big hits when they're needed. Yeah, he might not hit hit around 200, but he always gives you those like those moments, those clutch moments that we always need. Like that that's what he does. And that's that's why he's my pick there. Yeah, and uh I'm gonna take another boring pick here at number three, and it's Jose Ramirez. He's been our most consistent bat besides Luplo really all year. Um, a big home run against Cincy. Get us going that game. Yeah. Just some big hits throughout the week. Kind of over his slump now. Still not really red hot or anything, but there wasn't a lot of stars this week to pick from. <laughs> like last week, it was like, who do you choose from? Now it's like, yeah. um, this guy didn't suck this week. Uh, let's pick him. Yeah, th- this is. This week is definitely slim pickings, but yeah, Jose is definitely one for sure. All right, your last pick. What do you got? Um, yeah, I will go with. Um, let's go with Savali. Does I think that would have been my next pick if I had to give one. So it seems like we're basically on the same like wavelength of these guys didn't suck this week (laughs) yeah he's been undefeated so far and he's gave you those six seven innings consistently so far this year i'm pretty excited to see him tonight against the yankees where it's a little bit different now like this is a team that can take you yard and let's see if some of those long fly balls still stay in the yard tonight and then i'll start to judge the ball a little more this is his biggest start of the year for me for sure but I think he's got a good chance. I saw a graph that was like the Yankees ground ball rates. I saw that was like John Carlo had like 58% ground ball rate. Like Clint Frazier was at 40, like it, like 48 was like Aaron judge. So I think he'll definitely keep the ball on the ground just because the Yankees have been just, just putting it in the dirt pretty much the entire year so far. Yeah. So hopefully he can do that. And let's kind of like, just talk about this Indians Yankees series. I think, the matchup everyone's waiting for is Saturday night. Yankees adjusted their rotation to match us. And now mm-hmm. it's Eber versus Cole. And you hate to be like, oh, the Cy Young comes down to a game in April. But this is the first like moment of these two guys are probably 1A, 1B this year. And there's probably a third like outlier who's having going to have a superstar year. But when it comes down to it, these are the two best pitchers in the American League and probably will be as long as they're in the American League for the next three to five years. Oh, definitely. This is, no. I'm insanely excited for this game. It kind of feels like that Giolito Bieber start where you're like, whoever scores first might win this. And not only that, I think it's time for Bieber to get a little revenge on this Yankees team that messed him up in the playoffs last year. I think he goes out and he's going to have an amazing start. And this is the moment we look back on we're like, oh, yeah, that's his Cy Young moment. And he continues to roll off that momentum for the rest of the year. 
Definitely. And with how the Yankees are hitting, he could definitely do that right now because they're like bottom, like in the bottom of most of the hitting categories. And like they are just not doing so well. So I could see him just carving up that lineup top to bottom. But what you just said also scares me. This Yankees lineup hasn't been hitting well. And I'd hate to be in the midst of a four game series against the Yankees when their bats wake up because when those bats wake up you're in a for a world of hurt and it doesn't matter who's on the mound for you we have great pitchers their hitters are elite and they've been elite for a while now so I'm a bit scared of just waking the sleeping giant we need to kind of just cruise by I would love to take two or three from them but we'll see for sure yeah like goal for this series is probably to split if you take three that's that's great but for right now, just split the series, try to like maybe like catch them while they're down and and just go from there. Because right now that that's what the pace is with the Indians. They they've kept pace with everybody. They just don't want to like keep things, all this bad momentum going like it seems like lately. Yeah. And I think we got three or four guys that I like starting that can really change this momentum as well. For sure. All right. So. That's about everything I have for the Indians. Um, do a little quick draft talk before we end the show. Okay. Um, I think the big story that came out this week for the NFL draft was Justin Fields. And maybe one of the reasons he's dropping off on boards is he was diagnosed with epilepsy. Or not diagnosed, he's had it. And this mm-hmm. is the first time it's really come to light in the public. What's your thoughts on that? Um, I've, I've never thought like an illness like that would probably be a reason why teams would be concerned but I think now with modern medicine and the fact that he hasn't had issues in the past shouldn't like have teams like go away from him I think talent wise he has all the tools but if but since it's draft season where everybody's nitpicking and trying to find ways to like just look past a certain guy for certain things if it's because of a medical diagnosis like that that's just silly to me like it's just Totally. And I agree with you. And that kind of like just tails off to another thing. Um, Have you seen, obviously you probably do with the name like Matt Milner, um, Matt (laughs) Miller, the NFL like draft guy. Yeah. So he put out a list today and it was from what he's heard from GMs about the smartest coaches or smartest quarterbacks he's heard in interviews. So, so far they've said Mac Jones, one Trey Lance two, Sam Ellinger, three. Sam Ellinger? Sam Ellinger, three. Justin Fields isn't on that board. He is considered the smartest QB basically ever besides like an Aaron Rodgers and an Andrew Luck type thing. He was tested. There's a um, a big test to kind of, it's an aptitude test and it's not the, the Wonderlick. It's okay. a one. Justin Fields scored the very highest. And this is all pro athletes in like a bunch of different sports. They've been taking this test since 2012. He scored the highest ever basically what that means when you see this score you if you you score above 100 you're a really smart guy Patrick Mahomes scored 108 um Josh Allen scored 108 if you score over 100 if you're given just a nice easy playbook you'd read over it and by the end of the day you'd understand it and then if you're like in that 110 range if you get a harder playbook You'll 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 understand it pretty quickly, but you might need a couple of days to get it. Okay. Justin Fields scored 130. 
This basically means when you when he sees a playbook, he understands it. He doesn't have to show up at like a facility at 4 a.m. and grind like other guys. He gets it. He sees it first try. He gets it. So when people say he's not smart enough to make these reads, it's just dumb. He's a 4.0 student his whole life, like a 30 basically on his ACT. I don't understand this Justin Fields' dumb take. It's wrong. It's wrong, and in my opinion, it's racist. That's the only reason. They're trying to lead up Mac Jones as this great guy. He's got character issues out the wazoo. I don't care yeah. if people are stepping up to defend him. There, he's done racist things in his past, and I just I can't wrap my mind around drafting Mac Jones. He's just not a good dude. Sometimes the mo- the most obvious thing is the most is the most plain thing see- seen because like there's no way he should be dropping or- at all. He he should be the the second overall pick probably by the Jets. But at this point, I'm probably happy that he's falling because he falls to a better team and probably will have a better career. But still, at the same time, it's like, is this all about racial bias? Because at this point, it is. It, it, that's just what it has become at this point, where all these different people are just trying to nitpick him to death while Mac Jones is being propped up as the next Tom Brady, essentially. And it's just it's just silly. Like it, it's silly. That's exactly what it is. And, like, just me personally, I don't – if you get a DUI, that's not like, oh, you're a kid. You should know better. That's not – it's just like – it's dumb. You getting a DUI for me is like a one-strike thing. Yeah, yeah, I personally believe like if you get a second, you should never even have your license again. You're putting people's lives at risk. And that's the guy you want to trust to lead your team. And I'm, I'm sorry. The, it's a rant, and I don't like to do these with the show. Like kind of keep things like just about sports. And we're not, and I haven't done that today, but it's just been, it's been bugging me so much that it, it has to be, I don't, it's, it's a racism thing that at this point it's racially motivated that Justin Fields is following in draft boards because it's not his arm. He's got a much better arm than Mac Jones. It's not really production. He's was one of the best quarterbacks in recent memory for me in college football. W- what is it with him now? And the only other excuse is, oh, he's an Ohio state quarterback. He's nothing like any Ohio State quarterbacks. And there's a reason he went to Georgia first. Ohio State doesn't get those guys. I'm just, I'm tired of the slander of Justin Fields. Same. Like, it's just baffling to me that everybody just tries to, like, tear this man down while he's definitely, like, in the top two next to Trevor. And yet, Wilson, Mack, and maybe the one uh, Texas A&M guy is better than him. It's just beyond ridiculous at this point yeah all right so i think before we end the show we have to end on a more positive note instead of all this sadness and i have an update on the tyler naquin score story for a third week in a row so i went full like grudgment day i was furious i was just fed up so what i did is i found this guy i'm going to quit saying his name and i looked him up on the internet so I was like, where does he live? Found his Facebook. Got him. I found his local police department and I emailed them. And I sent that email to Mr. We're not going to say his name, Mr. Cornhole Board. I sent yeah. it to him and right away he responds. This one oh. got to him. And guess who's getting a money order sent their way now for 200 smackaroos? This- hey. 
Yeah. All right. The situation is over. It is ended. I will be getting my $200, and I can just only kind of hate Tyler Naquin forever. Yeah, thank God, dude, because you were texting me this, and I'm th- thinking, like, does it rip? Like, th- did you really just go to the police <laughs> in Texas to get your money back? I, yes, I did. I emailed the Tomball Police Department in Texas, and I have my money back, and I can live happily ever after. Everyone was telling me, like, you might be taking this too far. And I'm hand up, first to admit it. I took it too far. Did I let this bother me for way too long of my life? Hand up again. Yes. Did I get my $200 in the end? Yeah. So you guys can all suck it. Everyone that hated on me for holding this grudge for over a year and a half. I came out on top. This is like a top five moment of my life that I held a grudge for this long and got my money back. That's awesome, man. Well, thank God that 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 it was finally resolved because it was getting bad. (laughs) I I just had enough. I think that's all it was. And I finally just cracked. I like cracked. I was going through like like a complete mental breakdown over this. I was like, why haven't I got my money back? Like for some reason, the first 800 days of waiting, I was like, man, this sucks. And then just boom. Last week, I was like, I've I've had enough. And I cracked. Yeah, I was in the middle. I was watching my sister's uh, like, like soccer game like she was in the championship and i just noticed you like i just texted the chief of police or whatever and i'm just like what <laughs> yeah also shout out tomble to police department somewhere in texas near austin they get things done down there they already contacted him and got back to me within like the hour yeah they sped things up so shout out them they figured things out quickly and i got my money back so that's my happy end to the show uh you got anything Congrats. else Congrats to you. So that, that's all I got. Thank you guys for watching. Check us out. Twitter, we have one now. That'll be linked. Uh, check our Twitters out. Uh, check us out on TikTok. And make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. See you guys next time.